0: Hello, hello, this is Jonathan, and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Tanel Oro. He's the CEO of the company Reinvest24. Reinvest24 is an Estonian real estate crowdfunding platform that has been on the market for a bit over two years. And it's true, peer-to-peer lending platforms and real estate crowdfunding platforms have grown popular in recent years, especially here in Europe. These offer easy ways to invest your hard-earned cash, and they offer decent returns, and even pretty high ones. So, what's not to like about them, actually? (laughs) Shouldn't we all invest in them? Well, it's not all that rosy as the high in-demand markets also attract fraudulent players. And this is actually what we will discuss today on the show with Tanel, and he will guide us through what to look for before investing our money so we are sure we are not being scammed. This episode is for you if you want to take a closer look at peer-to-peer lending platforms or real estate crowdfunding platforms and want to know how to perform your due diligence before taking the plunge. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Tanel. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, I'm doing fine. Uh, It's a nice uh, sunny day in Tallinn. Tallinn, Tallinn. Where is that, uh, Tanel? It's Estonia. It's the capital of Estonia, one of the Baltic states.
0: Yes. Okay. So calling Tallinn. Excellent. Uh, And Tanel, look, I invited you here on the show today. I'm very glad to speak to you because we will talk about your company, uh, Reinvest24, which is a real estate crowdfunding platform. But... As well, we will talk in general about peer-to-peer platforms and real estate crowdfunding platforms because I think it's quite a hot topic uh, lately. And I myself have been started to uh, invest in those platforms. I know a few of my uh, Twitter friends and I get also uh, questions from uh, a few listeners about all those platforms and they are wondering which platforms should I use? What should I look for? Uh, before investing, is this platform good or not? And uh, of course, you represent Reinvest Twenty Four. But I would like to bring a, a bit more general, so that we can help the listeners see if the, if it is something for them, and if they feel investing in peer to peer platforms or real estate crowdfunding platforms is something for them, then what to look for. I, th- I think that's a first good one, and then we can talk a bit further. Uh, so Tanel, yeah, I know it was a mouthful here, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, can, can you tell maybe just a little bit about yourself before we, we get started?
1: Yeah. So uh, my name is Tanel Orro. I'm the CEO of Rain West 24 It's a real estate crowdfunding platform. Uh, We're operating uh, from Estonia, Tallinn. Uh, most of our projects currently are located in Estonia. We launched our first project in uh, Latvia. Uh, this month, and it uh, was the fastest funded project on the platform so far. We've been uh, operating uh, since 2018 May, mm-hmm. so about years, it, yeah. it was our se- yeah second anniversary this month, and uh, yeah, we we try to minimize the risks as much as possible, and um, we have created an instrument uh, that uh, holds the we believe the smallest risk and is uh, sustainable throughout mar- market cycles. So even in the t- downturn times like right now. Uh, Our investors and our our projects are not affected
0: that much. Okay, that's good to hear. Is that linked because your platform is mostly about uh, real estate? Is that linked to your platform or to to the market itself in Estonia?
1: Uh, No, it's rather the instrument where you invest. Mm -hmm. I mean, real estate crowdfunding can mean uh, a lot of different things. It's uh, it's not all the same. If you're investing in uh, some real estate uh, crowdfunding platform... Well, most of them are offering you loans, so you're actually investing into the companies that are uh, developing the the properties. You're not not actually investing into like straight to the real estate itself. Yeah. Uh, We we are focusing on uh, rental real estate. Our uh, goal is to purchase the property and operate it through a separate SPV uh, and pay out monthly rental incomes to our investors who are participating.
0: Yeah, so it's a recurring cash flow for the investor. So if if I um, translate it a little bit, I have a small amount of money or a big amount of money. I put it into your platform and I should get a monthly return in form of a cash flow because it's a rented property.
1: That is correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rental real estate is one of the lowest risk investments. Uh, It's also one of the most popular ones. Uh, but uh, the entry barrier to get started is quite high. Yeah, exactly. To uh, yeah. actually purchase the property for yourself, and it, you also need some market knowledge. Uh, you you also need to take care of the property, so it's it's not fully passive as uh, many think. Especially depending on how big the operation is. If you just own a one uh, apartment that you rent out to long term to someone, uh, then most most likely it can be pretty pretty much passive. But you know, some sometimes. Uh, some unexpected uh, errors can happen also like the tenant doesn't pay or you need to fix something and so on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our goal is to make uh, the lower the entry barriers for investors that they can participate uh, with just small amounts starting from 100 euro that they usually use to save on their bank account or or just uh, in the savings account. Uh, And they can uh, enter, they can also diversify, they can uh, invest in different uh, our goal is to offer different geo locations and different type of properties as well and we take care of all the work so it's fully uh, passive
0: mm-hmm. okay that's good and then you know i've seen uh, a few of those platforms across europe at least like there's one in spain called hausers i mean there's you i think there's other company like um, in uh, in baltic countries and um I was wondering then, do those companies like yourself do you own those properties, or how does that work? do you have a do you own a real estate empire and then you just uh, rent them out and redistribute parts of the of the rental income to your uh, investors?
1: Yes, we create a separate uh, company for each property. Mm-hmm. Uh, this property uh, will be buying the property and'll uh, stay operating it. This will be the single purpose of it of this company. Okay. Uh, All the income that it makes, that company has obligation to pay out all the profits that it makes uh, monthly back to the platform where the funds will be distributed between the investors.
0: Okay. So that's how it works. Okay. You were mentioning it uh, earlier, but it's important when investing in real estate or actually any type of assets to know what you're buying uh, with the right understanding. So for example... For the Spanish market, I can speak because I did a lot of tons of research on that. I mean, I'm Belgian, so many people are interested in the Spanish market to buy properties, you know, for their holidays or for their uh, later years. So it's natural. And I've done a ton of research now as an investor and where I can remove my emotions, Estonia or the Baltics in Europe may seem attractive, but okay. I, I know a bit of Estonia. I've been there. Nice country. But The real estate market, I don't know anything about. So why should I, for example, uh, go to your platform or any other platforms in a country I'm not familiar with, for example?
1: Well, yeah, that's the, I mean, that's one of the purposes of uh, us as well. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, we have a big real estate team that's been working on the market since 2005. So we will be the the ones doing all the research and uh, all the due diligence, and we will give you uh, the best insights that we can give you regarding to all the properties what risk they come to uh, what risk they hold and uh, what's our strategy with uh, with the with the with the property i'm also doing some webinars uh, giving an overviews about the uh, overall market situation here uh, in politics and in Thailand specifically uh, we're actually uh, planning to uh, have a webinar on 11th of june also about what's the current trends on the market and what to expect in the near future.
0: Mm-hmm. And how does it look actually in Estonia right now? I mean, the the real estate market, okay, we're in the middle of the pandemic, but let's take that out for a minute. Uh, how does that look just in general? Is it booming or not? I know the economy is doing well, but um, how is it with the real estate market? Can we expect uh, large capital gains here uh, with regards to real estate?
1: Well, if we look at the very short-term period, and you know, the corrections can occur in the market. Of mm-hmm. course, um, on the current um, pandemic situation, the, the consumers' uh, and the bank's confidence has uh, definitely dropped. But I see that it's uh, recovering quite a lot already since the pandemic didn't really hit as hard as, uh, you know, some of the experts were talking about it. Uh, but uh, in overall, uh, I would say that... Uh, It depends a lot on the property type as well. Uh, Some uh, sectors are getting uh, hit uh, a lot harder. Uh, For example, the Airbnb apartments, the short-term rentals. Obviously, the borders are closed and there is uh, not much uh, demand for them at the moment. In 2019, in Thailand, the short-term rental apartments... uh, The offering increased from 1,500 to 2,500 because it was was a booming trend. Really, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, there were many, many service providers uh, that uh, would take care of your property, rent it out, uh, clean it, and so on. So you can stay totally passive. You pay like 25, 30 percent of the revenue for them, and you can actually get quite uh, good yield from your apartments uh, Mm -hmm. and. It's really a passive for you. So this trend was really growing, and I I really felt that it's booming on the market. That's why we also exited one of our short-term rental apartments uh, at the end of the high season in 2019, uh, September. So this sector is definitely getting a large hit, and it's putting a lot of pressure currently on the long-term rental market as well, uh, as uh, no one wants their proper apartments or properties to stay empty. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: While there is no short-term income, right? Mm -hmm. Short-term rental income. They need, some of them still need to pay their bank loans for them and so on. So they will rent it out rather like cheaper price, but they just want to do it. They just want to get it rented out fast. Uh, so usually the terms are like that, you know, they it's not very long term uh, for, for the tenant that comes. Uh, they can like adjust the price in every six months or they put in some, some terms that are not favoring uh, the tenant much. Uh, but still, the pressure is quite big. Uh, also, uh, if the, the whole summer season, which is considered as the high season where the short-term rental apartments make most of the profits of uh, through the year, uh, if that is cancelled and we don't see any tourists uh, this the whole summer period, then uh, most likely some of these apartments will be sold. Uh, but at the same time, the banks uh, are currently very friendly uh, with the loan takers who bought these those apartments with loans. They offer grace periods to, uh, so 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 this so so the owners are not really hurrying to sell them cheap. They rather are uh, looking to rent them long term. But yeah, this. The, the living spaces are like get, getting quite a big bigger hit, uh, but it's nothing to compare to 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Currently, the prices have dropped uh, since March, maybe like three to six percent.
0: Okay, in, in the in the longer term, it, it's a small hit. Yeah,
1: in the longer term, I see that the market could kind of recover from that in just one year time, and if we look in like ten year perspective, then uh, I would say the capital growth average would be around 6% in Thailand market.
0: Okay. Wow. That's uh, that's quite good, actually. Okay. I see. And then uh, I was wondering as well, one thing, this is a more uh, for you, uh, Tanel, uh, personally, because you chose to, to found this company, Reinvest24, and you chose for the real estate um, approach. And why not, for example, like other platforms, uh, peer-to-peer platforms, Uh, go for uh, a loan uh, originators like uh, Mintos or uh, such platforms? Why did you uh, go for the real estate?
1: Well, uh, in my honest opinion, the the risks are, should be the priority for the investors, especially like retail investors that don't really do their due diligence on the, uh, they, they don't, they might have like full knowledge or, or, you know, Proper due diligence can be expensive at times, and uh, if, if they just want to get started, uh, then uh, I would say that the real estate, especially the rental real estate, is uh, one of those instruments where the default doesn't mean that you're going to lose your money that you invested. I mean, the income could stop for some period. If the property is not rented out, the prices can drop at some periods. But if you look at it in like five-year perspective, then you're not going to lose your capital, even if there is a like a big, even bigger crisis than in two, back in 2008. Mm-hmm. The market will eventually recover from it. Uh, but you know, if you even invest into the loans, then you need to understand that the, that the yield that is offered to you, it's correlating with the, the interest rates are correlating with the risks that you're taking. So, I mean, if you're if you're looking to if you're chasing after like 20% loans, interest that offer you 20% interest, then you need to understand that that it's correlated with the risk level. If uh, these these loan takers could, uh, I mean, if there weren't weren't there, those risks, then they could have an access to some cheaper money from the banks, uh, uh, or you know the banks might not give it because the collateral is bad or there isn't any of it, or or the or the company is having a bad credit history. There there, is, there there are definitely some risks. And for me, honestly, I mean, if we talk about which platforms are operating correctly and which you know some some scam events have happened in mm-hmm. the uh, near past, it's quite easy to make sure that the real estate platform is uh, working properly. Just go to the registries uh and y- you will see the collaterals you will see all the information from there you don't really need to dig deeper this will already give you a confirmation about uh, if uh, you know what kind of risk you're actually taking mm-hmm. but with the loan originators it's it's a quite different story it requires uh, quite uh, big uh, due diligence to really really understand where you're investing and and uh what risks are you taking with it? If the loan originator i mean if the, if you're in investing directly to the loan takers, through the loan originators, the loan originator will get their fixed fee, they are not very motivated to do due diligence. Uh, if the investment goes uh, to the loan uh, originator who gives out the credits and manage them themselves then they're more motivated uh, to do deeper due diligence. And uh, I would prefer this type of uh, loans. But then you're, again, then you will need to do some due diligence on the loan originator itself. Is it been in the business for quite some time or is it a new one? What's their track record uh, and so on? Who's the, who's managing the, the company? And there are other other questions then. But yeah, it's it's easy to check the real estate, but it's quite hard to check other type of loans.
0: Yes, I see. I see. And then uh, one important factor, and also what what I wanted to ask you uh, today, uh, Tanel, is that, you know, those platforms, to me, they're a bit new. Okay, I've been experimenting a bit. And okay, for the Spanish platforms, I'm quite confident. Uh, I know the risks. I'm familiar with the market because I did uh, did the extensive research on that a few months. But for uh, peer-to-peer lending platforms and real estate crowdfunding in general, uh, you know, it's it's not always easy to know what to look for because it's pretty recent. I mean, the popularity has been quite recent, even though it had existed already for four or five years. So, what should, for example, uh, an investor interested in to putting his money in those uh, opportunities look for? What are a few criteria, important criteria to look for uh, when uh, wanting to invest in those uh, platforms?
1: Uh, well, yeah, the the, the whole crowdfunding uh, industry in Europe has been uh, growing very rapidly. It's been like pretty much booming, booming the past uh, few few years. I would say like two years. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of interest from the investor side, and uh, that brings us uh, a lot of platforms that start to utilize this uh, demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's all, also attracting some fr- fraudulent players that uh, are seeing that as an opportunity. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an unregulated market. Uh, and if you're working with some loans, then, you know, most of the investors don't really do their due diligence on the loan originators. Like I said before, it can be expensive. You will need some knowledge to really understand what to look for. Uh, so definitely it will attract so some of these fraudulent players. And this kind of uh, uh, like growth, like I said last year, I, one of the interviews is not sustainable, uh, Some something needs to happen. I'm actually quite uh, positively, uh, my, my mindset is quite positive uh, about uh, recent uh, scam uh, events because uh, the financial inspection is now starting to regulate the market in Estonia, for example. The investors are really aware of the risks now. They're really more thinking through things, not just looking at the numbers. Because at some point I really felt that uh, investors really don't care what they're investing in or they don't take the risk seriously enough. They just want to see what they can earn uh, and the better the yield and the better the project and the, the more they will invest into it. But yeah, I mean, for, for the loans, like it, it, it's not that obvious or easy to uh, say that uh, these criterias will definitely guarantee you uh, that uh, this platform is 100% uh, uh, safe and you will not lose your money on this one uh, because it's an unregulated market. And if the the management of the company wants to uh, scam you, then probably it's not going to be that obvious. Mm -hmm. They're going to think that through. Uh, I see that some platforms on the market right now, if they wanted, they could scam you. It's it's basically up to them because it's unregulated market. There is not There are some activists now that, you know, are really like trying to look into the platforms and the loan originators and, and where the money is actually going and so on. But altogether, uh, it's still quite difficult to say. But with the real estate platforms, like I said before, the registries, go check the registries. It can give you basically you can be 100 percent sure that things are correct. If uh, uh, in the registries, you're seeing what the platform promises you. Mm-hmm. So it's quite easy. But, uh, uh, you know, we have we, we write a, a blog post about this where we mention all the aspects as well, what to look after, look for. Because some of these, uh, you can eliminate some of these factors or eliminate the, the uh, chance of getting scammed by just looking at some of the factors. Like uh, platform, uh, the technology platform itself, technical solutions, I mean, I, I see a lot of uh, investors that are working in the IT sector. They could just uh, inspect the source code, see if, like, what kind of technical solutions the platform actually use. Because we're talking about fintech companies. Uh, some of the advantages must come from the technical solutions. Uh, for example, the Investio. I didn't look it deeply, but the way it looked to me. Yeah, uh, was that they're just using some some simple template in the front end, so some some white label solution maybe, or, or you know, it was a uh, pretty pretty much stamp.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to make a platform or any type of website look slick and modern because there's all these templates available on, uh, for example, WordPress or Wix or uh, you know all these uh, website platforms. And if you're uh, like uh, coming from the fintech, uh, oh sorry, from the um, technical engineering, uh, software developer it's even easier to make a very nice and slick platform that looks 100% legit. Yeah, indeed.
1: Yeah, you, you might even like uh, be able to purchase it for like, like 10,000, 20,000 at most. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, WordPress page for like, if you're planning to have like plus 10,000 users, probably not going to work that well for you. But uh, there are some other like cheap and easy solutions just to get the platform up and running. <laughs> and it actually looks... Like uh like and like an investment platform looked like pretty good i I would say like I'm pretty sure that most of the like people who went there, they thought that this looks pretty pretty awesome, but uh yeah, but if you're if you're a little bit familiar with i t and some then you can just check the technical technical solutions that the platform uses then again yeah the the loans are harder, real estate is quite easy to understand the communication from the platform uh. If uh, the answers are logical, I mean, things need to make sense for you. Mm Use your common sense in most cases. Like, if they're offering you like five percent cashback or some like affiliate offers or referral offers that, you know, you get like hundred euros and and like two point five percent from the investments, and then there is like. 3% 3% cashback op- on top of that, and you know, it doesn't really make sense. And then,
0: yeah, how do they make money in the first place?
1: <laughs> yeah. How, how, how did the company actually like makes money?
0: Mm-hmm. They're, they're growing rapidly.
1: This can be like understandable in some cases, you know, especially like innovative startups. They're in many, many cases, they're looking more into the growth than actual profit, at least in the first years. And when the industry is growing very rapidly. But, uh, you know, still use your common sense. Think about, like, uh, where, how is all that funded? How, how the platform is able to pay up all that? Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is you can, you, know, you, you always must check the company as well who's registered. If the registration is, like, in some weird legislation in some island or, no, I, can, I mean, m- many platforms are registered in Estonia because of the very friendly e-business uh, environment but they're actually been operating in some other places and uh, some cases they're like re- registered in the apartment uh, you, you can check that uh, if they actually have a real HQ in the in the in, in the country where they're registered so so some of, some of some of the things you can look into and if you feel that it's weird you should ask or you can just make your conclusion based on that if yeah it's it's definitely some kind of There is some kind of reason for that, why these things are like that. So this can uh, raise some red flags for you already. Another thing that I I see a lot uh, in the past year was the promotion of the buyback guarantee, which for me really didn't make sense at all. I mean, how will that company uh, fulfill that promise? Uh, It's only going to be needed if the situation is bad. But uh, is it going to give anything at these kind of situations when things are going well then most likely they they can overcome some smaller problems when you know it's just like one small loan originator defaults or something but in a a bigger picture the buyback guarantee is as as good as the the company itself is and for example the business loans that are like 20% interest and there is like a buyback guarantee for them then it doesn't really make sense. Why would for the buyback guarantee to actually work, the funds should be reserved at the bank account and used when they're needed. But why wouldn't that platform invest those funds into those business loans itself to to earn the those in, those high interests? Why would they just why the, would the money just sit on the account?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is also something that I mean. Yeah, for for, for Mintas for example, it it might actually work because uh, if just one loan originator defaults, uh they're big enough, uh, there is some reserve funds, they might be able to come out from that. But for some smaller platforms that are aggressively marketing their buyback guarantee,
0: it really feels for me more like a, a marketing trick than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing that I really liked as well in this article I will link it in the show notes it's quite detailed I think it's quite helpful uh, it's um yeah just checking the personnel the management I mean uh, do they have a uh, LinkedIn profiles? do they um, can can you easily find them contact them on Twitter or whatever I think that's already is the is it real persons you know like uh, how quick is the response when you send emails or ask questions
1: yeah yeah and um, also like you need to use your common sense here again. If the board <laughs> member is like a, like in one of the platforms that, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think it was Investio. The CEO was 24 year old guy who had a sports background. Like what's the, what's the, what, what's the, what's link? the chances, <laughs> what's the chances that this person is going to run a company that has like 20, 20 plus employees and, uh, and they have, like, uh, you know, re- good risk management and everything, taking care of your funds well. What what are the chances for that? So you can use your common sense here as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, very good. Uh, I, I really like uh, those tips. And then let's go more into uh, reinvest24. Yeah. So now, okay, we are in this um, strange times. You said to me uh, before the show, actually, you've been quite busy the two last months. So what are you working Um Currently, right now, and what? How do you see the expansion of reinvest twenty four for the coming for the coming years? Uh, yeah.
1: So, uh, first of all, uh, these uncertain times uh, they have uh, increased uh, some worries uh, coming from the investors. So the, the communication, the transparency, currently is very, very important, and we're working really hard uh, on that aspect. Uh, We've been more, more active on all all channels. I'm actually even like answering questions uh, in Telegram chats myself, just, just to be closer to the community and, uh, and give them more confident about what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as well, uh, we actually been uh, exiting three of our properties uh, in those uncertain times right now in the time of the, like since March, since the lockdown started. So we've been like able to show that we can actually, we're actually, while others, other platforms are having hard times paying the, even the interests, we're paying back the principal amount together with some capital growth. And even in these times, we've been able to exit with uh, with a great premium.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So these these, these have been like our main focus uh, right now. And also since the crisis al- al- always have like the two sides. Uh, the, there is down, downturn and then there is also the opportunities yes so we are very actively looking for opportunities that this uh, crisis are bringing to us for example uh, the last property that we published would not be on the table at that price level if there were no crisis mm-hmm. so this is this is one of those opportunities that we we got from this crisis and uh the the platform of course uh Needs uh, some improvements as well. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we've been working hard on the secondary market. So this is also one of the, those things that I've been like pushing really hard because you know this is a very important piece of the con- of our con- concept. Uh, we have long term uh, projects, uh, so there is no there need to be a way for investors to exit when they really need to. Yeah. So the secondary mm-hmm. market will fulfill that uh, purpose. Uh, and we've been working it for a quite while, and it's been quite challenging. so yeah, I'm, I'm i'm trying to take as much the manners in my own hand as possible to push it and get it out there as soon as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's really good, uh, Tanel. I, and I really like what you said there because uh, you really show uh, in these difficult times and the strange times that you are taking proactive steps and proactive communication towards your investors and uh, i think that's very important especially in these times because it doesn't matter if you are dealing with your customers or with your suppliers or even in a company setting with your employees because in these times nothing beats over communication i mean you need to reassure but you also need to explain and to be as transparent as possible i think this is just a very sound uh, business practice so uh no very good uh, I really uh, like to hear that and uh, I'm also curious to to see how uh, how uh, things will work with uh, reinvest 24 in the future and uh, okay I'm investing myself a little bit yeah for me I'm confident I get the the monthly email with my dividends it's small for now but I see it works it work it's working well sorry <laughs> it's working well and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes, and if I increase my position in the future, how how uh, the market is, etc. And I will follow my own advice here by uh, doing more research as well as I go along. So um, yeah, one really congratulations, it's uh, it's really great, uh, tunnel. And then I think we um, we have come at the end of the show, uh, tunnel. So first of all, thank you for sharing all your tips and your knowledge. I really appreciate it. And uh, so let's move to the quick fire questions that we have at each end of the show. So, uh, Tanel, what has been your best investment so far?
1: Uh, I must say that uh, it's an investment that I made into myself. Mm-hmm. It was uh, back in 2008 when I turned 18. I worked in the summer in a restaurant to save, save up some money to go to Australia for for six months, uh, I was there with a working holiday visa. Mm-hmm. I was living in Sydney and Melbourne with my friend and we were working, uh, doing door to door sales, which, uh, was, uh, probably one of the hardest works I ever done But at the same time. It, uh, teach me a lot about, uh, it opened, opened my, my eyes a lot, I would say, and I, I really re- learned about a lot about myself as well during those, uh, those times. So this was definitely the best investment I could make uh, as an 18-year-old guy.
0: No, no, it's very good. And I worked in sales as well. And it's really, it's not just about uh, being good at the technique of selling and convincing customers and getting them to buy whatever you, you propose. It's also about psychology, mirroring, and uh, how to relate to each other. And it's a great skill that also uh, has a trickle effect in your personal life.
1: Yeah, and I also got to talk in uh, in English uh, yeah, all day, yeah, yeah. so it was a great exercise for that as well, and Absolutely. you know, this, it can be quite hard sometimes, and you, you, at those hard times, you actually learn quite a lot about yourself as well, how you manage those situations or, or like, you know, especially like door door sales, I'm like walking, like maybe ten ten 10 hours a day going door by door, and just people don't want to talk to me, it, it can get, quite quite depressive and hard <laughs> but uh, then you will notice the things that you're actually telling to yourself mm-hmm. your your self-talk uh if, if you're if you're telling like you know if your mindset is bad and you're telling bad things to you then nothing good will come to you but you can turn that around it's uh, just a decision
0: yeah okay very good excellent lessons uh for life here at tanel yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh but essential and the second question is what is uh a book that you would recommend to anybody and it does not need to be about uh, finance or real estate or anything, just one book.
1: I would must uh, go with, uh, Paulo cello alchemist. Yeah. It really, really helped me a lot. I would say it was at the, uh, I was reading in Australia, in Australia. Actually I was, I remember we were camping by the lake, uh, and, uh, it really like kind of opened my eyes as, as well. Uh, And, you know, wishing is just wish, wishing or wish are just wish. But if you put your mind, your effort, your energy into it, then, you know, it's it's a whole different thing. And this is the this is this is how the law of attraction actually works. Not just wishing something, but putting everything you have into it uh, will create that reality for you. And you need to first, you need to believe it before anyone else believes it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this book has been quoted many times on the podcast. So I read no, it myself okay, okay. and uh, I was not super enthused about it. But nevertheless, there are some key lessons in there. And those you mentioned are the ones that actually are helpful. And especially, I think if you read this as 18 years old and it really opens perspective because at some point in the in the book, I read it last week. So I remember very well. He has nothing. Yeah. And he goes to this uh, shop where he buys, um, I mean, this glassware shop, and then he comes up with new ideas. I will not tell it here, but uh, for the readers to, to maybe take it or not, uh, to to uh, not kill the suspense. But basically, he, he sees new opportunities, and then he tries to sell glassware, etc., and to combine it with other stuff. So those kind of things I really liked in the book. And as you say, yeah, it's not only about wishing; it's about taking action. Otherwise, it uh, remains a wish or a dream, and uh, you do nothing with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you need to be open-minded, and yeah. the, the the timing for us probably the, uh, the timing when I read it was really really good. Probably that's 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 how why I get the most out of this book. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend to be open-minded and read it, and especially for 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 younger people who are still like. Searching for their path, uh, it will give you some perspective
0: yeah, absolutely, and then uh, last question, uh, Tanel um, what is the best purchase you've made for uh, under a hundred euros? okay, this is actually a pretty
1: pretty pretty funny story from my childhood. Uh, I was uh, working with my uncle in Finland in the summer break. I think I was going to like sixth or seventh grade painting this uh, sauna. I made like a hundred, a bit more than hundred euros. But I remember that I spent a hundred euros. Uh, it was actually my first investment. Ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it it was very alternative investment. It was nothing uh, traditional. So I bought uh, uh, virtual game money in uh, one of the online games, which was at that time, I think, the most popular in the world. Uh, it was called RuneScape. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, I was I, so I had a, quite a lot of capital there, so I was starting to trade. There was a whole like e- ecosystem, separate ecosystem inside the game. So I was starting to look at uh, different assets inside the game, uh, what uh, trends are growing, uh, where the demand is going, moving. Uh. It, yeah, it's basically the on the economic, e- economical side or like investing side. Mm-hmm. It uh, gave me a really good lesson in the childhood. And at some point, I actually managed to grow my funds there quite a lot. I was, uh, I believe, at one point, one of the richest players in the, inside the game. <laughs> and there was like 10, tens of millions of players, if not hundred. So, uh, yeah, I was. it was a pretty good lesson that this hundred euro gave me. And uh, it was a great lesson again. And probably, I would say, my first investment as well.
0: Okay, but that's a quite interesting and funny story. Yeah, you, because of, you know, video games are bad, and uh, no, you are distracted, and then then it's it's actually sparked something within you. <laughs> so that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. At the time, like my parents didn't didn't really think that it's a good idea that I did, but uh, but in long term, I believe that uh, this is where uh, the spark was initiated.
0: Yeah. Okay. Inside me. Mm-hmm. No, very good. Very good. Oh well, Tanel, thank you for those answers. Uh, really funny and interesting. And uh, Tanel, where can uh, people learn more about you? Are you on social media, or where can they learn more about uh, Reinvest Twenty Four?
1: Yeah, so Reinvest Twenty Four has uh, is quite active in all, also all social media channels: Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, even Instagram. Uh, we have a Telegram chat. There is a lot of information in our blog. We try to bring uh, a lot of value to all of our users. Uh, it's not only about investments on our platform, but investments overall, uh, also about the P2B industry overall. So everyone will find something valuable from our blog, I believe. Uh, and uh, of course, you can also uh, email me directly if you have some questions, tanel uh, at reinvest24.com.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent. So uh, I'll link uh, all the links in the show notes so people can find you easily. So thank you for your time and uh, taking the time to interview you. Uh, it's great. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh wish you a nice day further.
1: Okay. Thank you, Jonathan. It was uh, great to participate in your podcast and uh, wish you all the best luck.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate having Tanel coming on the show today because I got uh, many questions from you guys about peer-to-peer lending platforms etc so I hope this episode will help you to make the right choices the right decisions with regards to putting your money into those platforms so hope you enjoyed and that you learned something from this episode and before we close the show here are the key takeaways for today number one with reinvest 24 you invest in rental real estate they own it through a special company and the rental income is then redistributed to the investors And if you want to try the platform out for yourself, you're welcome to sign up through the affiliate link in the show notes and it will give you a 10 euro bonus. Number two, the pandemic indeed caused a hit in the real estate market in Estonia and probably in your market as well. But if you take a long-term perspective, the hit will probably be relatively small, at least for Estonia. Number three, risks should be your priority when investing for retail investors, that is you and me. So yeah, do not be blinded by the promises of high yields only. High yield usually mean high risk, you know. so be careful. Number four, well, the most important part of this episode, what to look for before investing. Well, there are a number of things. So you can check the company and property registries in case of real estate investing. If you're tech savvy, you can see if the website is a common used design platform, etc. Does the look and feel remind you of another platform, other spelling mistakes, etc. You can also look at the management team. Are they reliable? Do they have LinkedIn profiles? Are they on social media? Do they have a career in sports or any other unrelated background? <laughs> yeah, be as well wary about the uh, buyback guarantee because it can look like a safety guarantee for your funds, but it can simply be a marketing gimmick. So yeah, be careful there as well. And then another one that uh, Tanel pointed out is uh, aggressive marketing practices such as uh, yeah referrals with bonuses and uh, higher yields on already high yields. And it's like they say, if it's too good to be true, well, maybe it's not. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) here's the last key takeaway for today. So yeah, as Tanel pointed out, well, you know, we are in a crisis at the moment, but crises have two sides. There are downsides, but as well, there are opportunities.